Welcome to Breaking the Cycle of Poverty, featuring Jay Height, Executive Director of Shepherd Community Center in Indianapolis. For the past 36 years, Shepherd has served its neighbors on the Near East side of Indianapolis by providing a range of services and support designed to end generational poverty. My name is Tim Swearens, and I'm your host for these conversations that explore why poverty remains such a persistent problem in the United States. Today's episode explores the 10 assets that Shepherd has identified as essential for our neighbors to thrive. The 10 assets are faith in God, physical health, strong relationships, emotional health, mental acuity, good role models who demonstrate stability in their own lives, the ability to advocate for oneself, an understanding of the dominant culture, a future orientation that enables long-term planning, and enough money to meet essential needs. Jake, give us some background of how those assets were identified. Well, I think it started out of experience, and i really indebted to one of my colleagues, Tim Street, who's actually studying this as part of his PhD program, and Tim has been a, a key in, in focusing on this and, and really moving the needle. Uh, and, and so we're actually in the process, as he is, doing a study of these 10 uh, assets so that we can create some data points and some ideas of how do we measure them. Mm -hmm. But here's how I explain how uh, the 10 assets. Some of you that are old like I am remember the Indiana Jones movies, yes. right? You're from the Midwest. You had to, to love that and the leather hat. And, uh, and he would be running because he's being chased by someone, and he would run across this swinging bridge. Well, think of the assets as as the planks in a swinging bridge. And if you got to get from here to here, and we say it's a life of poverty to a life of upward stability, mm -hmm. we want you to have a life that's stable, that is not dependent on us. We think these 10 assets have to be um, a part of, of your bridge, if you will. If you're missing one or two, you still can get across. But if you're missing three or more, there's just no way to make that that leap across there uh, to journey across in a safe way you're going to fall through and that's why we believe we've got to build each of these we do believe that money is one of them it's the 10th one and it's the least of them uh, but each one is critical to moving your life from poverty to a life of upwards um, upward stability so 10 assets, all of them are important. Are, are there one or two that's maybe like foundational that you need to get those set in place before you can move on? Yeah, I think faith is, um, faith is that internal strength. Uh, boy, I can't remember the, the Jewish author who was in the Holocaust, and he talks about those who survived mm -hmm. the concentration camps, and it weren't, wasn't the optimist that tomorrow is going to be better, but those who have that resilience... Yes. And that uh, hope that they saw the situation and, and felt like there was something that was going to hold them to the future. And I think that's why faith is so important. A secular sociologist will tell you that faith is essential in our lives. It helps you uh, build that resiliency that Angela Duckworth and, and her um, writings, uh, particularly in the book Grit, will say, you're going to have issues in your life. You need to be able to deal with them. You need to be able to uh, handle that. And that really comes with having faith. And so we're not going to dictate to you faith. 
We're not going to mandate it. Uh, but we're going to let you know the hope we have because it is the resilience in my own life. It is the, the joy that is in me comes because of the faith I have. And so we would want that for everyone that we impact, and we believe it's, it's really a core. So the, the shepherd's asset says faith in a personal God. We, we live in an increasingly secular society. This idea of a personal God may be strange to some of our listeners. What, what do we mean by a personal God? Well, there, we believe that there's a God who loves you, a God who created you, and a God who desires a personal relationship. Uh, my daughter, who I was listening to her preach, said God's call in her life wasn't a conference call. It was an individual call. And uh, as he talked about the, the nation of Israel and how much he loved the Israelites, today he talks about how he loves us and desires that personal relationship and we believe that's essential for weathering the challenges and giving you the internal fortitude that it's going to take to start that journey. Yes. So asset eight is, is identified as knowledge of the dominant mainstream culture, which helps people succeed and get things done in work and life. Let's explore that a bit. Uh, you're not saying that everybody needs to think and speak or look the same way. So why is understanding and being able to navigate the culture so important? Well, there are certain, well, there's a lot of unwritten rules, right? Yes. And uh, so if someone tells you no, for many that says, okay, I'm done. But you or I might say, wait a minute. You know, if, if my child said, I, Dad, I put in a, an application for my mortgage on my house and it got turned down, I said, well, did you talk to them? Well, they said no. And I said, well, did you call them back? Did you see what the problem was? Is there something you could do? We understand the idea that no isn't final. Yes. But many would say, I've been told you don't push back. You know, if authority speaks, uh, I think you and I grew in a time when Question you would say. authority. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I told you so. You know, uh, I heard that lots of times from my parents. Uh, well, we now believe, and it's important for our neighbors to understand that there are maybe as a way to not be disrespectful, yes. but to push back and challenge conceptions. I think one that uh, Tim Street talks about is he, he was building a home and, uh, in Martindale Brightwood, mm -hmm. and he said, well, I'd like a, a basement. And they said, you can't. And he said, why not? And he said, I don't know. We've just never done that. And so he said, can you check it? And so they go and check, and they're like, well, there's no re really reason. Just we've never done that. And so they're digging uh, a basement for him, and a gentleman goes by who's African-American and says, how would you get a basement? It's because you're white. And no, it's not the color of your skin, but it's Tim had some training to ask questions and to push back on some things. Dominant culture sometimes can take those who've been beaten down and say, don't ever ask. And, and so I think uh, if, I don't know, have, if you've ever done this, you go to the store and you say, well, they don't have this in my size. Well, could you go back and check? But sometimes our neighbors say, well, if it's not here in my size, I need, you know, I need to go somewhere else. So that's what we're trying to do. Right, about. right. The ability to be a self-advocate and speak up appropriately for for yourself 
Yeah, poverty takes away your ability to advocate and navigate, and we we hammer that in that we have to build that tool for our neighbors. Yes. It's a very biblical concept, by the way. Jesus told us to, to ask to receive, right? And, right. And to come back persistently in prayer. Yes. Yeah. So another asset is what we call future orientation. Uh, that may sound obvious for, for those of us who spend years thinking about our, our education, our careers, our building up our 401k, whatever it is, but help us understand why thinking about and planning for the future can be so difficult for someone living in poverty. It's the difference between those who understand that buy here, pay here, or rent to own is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. If I have future orientation, I know that it's going to cost me this over the course of five years so much more than if I just saved up the money and went and bought this TV. Use that as an example. And what's going to happen is they're going to say, yeah, but it only cost me $25 a week. And I can afford it in my budget, $25 a week. That's short-term thinking. But if we can help them move to this longer-term vision of, of uh, helping them even articulate that, one of the things we've asked our students to do is write their future. Yes. And I've heard multiple times, listen, I don't know anyone who got to 25, so why should I care? Uh, you know, we grew up in the 80s with the, you know, don't use drugs because mm-hmm. it could hurt you, right? Mm-hmm. Just say no and all of those things. Well, that doesn't matter. If I don't have a future orientation, then I'm living in the moment and I'll, I, I don't care if there's some risk to it because I don't think I have a future. And we know, the Bible says, I know the plans I have for you plans for you to succeed and prosper when you seek after me with your whole heart. We, have, we sometimes forget that last part. We want them to see that God has a plan for them and that college could be in their future. Trade school could be in their future, but they just can't picture it because they've not seen anyone. And so sometimes part of what we do for future orientation is take kids to a business or to a college and let them sit in the seat and say, you know what, you fit in that seat, Yes. but I never thought I could go here. Okay, let's put together a plan. What needs to happen from here to get to here? There's lots of steps. So we'll return to discussion of more of, of uh, the assets in, in the episodes ahead. Uh, but Jay, just wrap up today with a few, few thoughts about uh, how we can all help our neighbors uh, while developing these assets. Well, I think it's helping uh, understand them, Mm -hmm. and uh, we have a great video on our website that also uh, helps give a sort of a a picture of of how that is using Legos. And I think once we understand it, we'll realize that there are a lot of folks around us that don't have these assets. But if I help them build that, I'm growing their capacity to reduce their dependency that they won't always have to call me when they have a crisis. They'll learn how and have the internal fortitude and strength to be able to traverse across that swinging bridge. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Shepherds, donors, partners, and volunteers make a lasting difference in neighbors' lives every day. To learn more about how you can help, please visit shepherdcommunity.org. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thank you.